0: Welcome to Inspired with me, your host, Allison Marchetti. I am so glad you're here. Inspired is a podcast and a community just for moms in midlife. Join me as I take you behind the highlight reel of experts, of moms, of guests, to share inspiring and actionable tips, to share real stories and tools, to help you feel less alone and to feel your absolute best in midlife. On this podcast, I will encourage you to rethink what midlife means to you. We give ourselves permission here to go for our dreams, to find meaning, to lean into what feels good, to pivot in life, change our minds, heal, and be imperfect. Get ready to hear inspiring conversations about women and moms leaning into meaning and purpose in every aspect of midlife. Each week's episode is meant to empower you and help midlife moms just like us Figure out next steps in all aspects of our life and to create a beautiful midlife. I'm a former trial lawyer turned midlife mentor and advocate, and I am on a mission to redefine midlife as the amazing opportunity that it is. I am so glad that you're here. Now, let's get inspired. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast with me, your host, Allison Marchetti. I'm really excited to bring you part two of Kelly's amazing interview. It is jam packed with so much. There are so many takeaways from it, and I really, really think you're going to love it. Before we dive into the episode, I wanted to remind you to save the date for this incredible event that I have been talking about for years and years and years, and I'm finally doing it. April 14th is the date for the inspired event. And it's going to be so special. It's gonna be unlike anything else. There's gonna be three parts. The first part, we are going to shop and we're gonna support other mom-owned businesses. It's gonna be beautiful. The businesses that are coming, I am so excited about. And I'm so excited for you to meet these mom-owned businesses and support them. The second portion of the event, which I'm really excited about too, is going to be more of a workshop portion. It's a learn portion. So I'm going to be sharing um, and it's going to be a workshop, interactive. You're going to get a lot, a lot from this. There's also going to be experts there on parenting and motherhood. It's going to be such a special event where we just connect and we leave feeling refreshed and renewed. And I'm just so excited about it. And I really want you to be a part of it. The last part that I'm really, really excited about too is there's going to be a give portion. So we're gonna donate portions of the profits to this really beautiful charity doing really, really great things. So I don't want you to miss it. Mark your calendar April 14th and ticket sales should be open soon. So if you wanna follow me on Instagram, it's just at Allison Marchetti so you don't miss out or you could send me an email. It's allison at Alison So you are on the list. Because the space is limited. It's a beautiful venue. So I want to make sure that your seat is saved and that you get the tickets right when they come out. The space is limited. And I really want you to be a part of it. It's going to be such a great event, perfect time in April where it's gonna be spring. We're gonna leave feeling renewed and refreshed. We're gonna grow and learn together and connect. Just moms. It's an event just for moms, and I really want you to be a part of it. Okay, so back to the episode. It's Packed, we hit some really, really big, deep topics. And Kelly so generously shares with us so much wisdom and so many, like, bullet point takeaways that we can start implementing in our lives now. Kelly is amazing. So many of you loved her first interview. If you missed it, go back. There is a part one of this interview where she shared so much with us. There were so many takeaways. I bookmarked the episode myself. I've listened to it a few times, and I know that so many of you have too. So if you missed that one, be sure to listen to part one too. Okay, let's dive in to part two of this episode. What about sibling rivalry? So (laughs) I'd love to hear your thoughts on... How do we do about it? And when has it gone too far? Sibling rivalry. It's a tough one.
1: And I think part, okay. Part of it is normal.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes.
1: But when it's getting to the point where there's like physical altercations and it's just, mm-hmm. it's gotten out of control, mm-hmm. then I think something needs to be done about that. And We actually, um, and I know I've done this before, I've had siblings who have really had some, um, a lot of conflict with each other. So I've actually held sibling sessions.
0: Wow. Okay. To
1: kind of, and I let them know, you know, I set the ground rules and just like you could set ground rules for a family meeting, you know, maybe you have the rules on a board. We um, are not going to interrupt when another person is talking we are not going to raise our voice. Sometimes people will use, um, I'll recommend having like, I don't know, some people use like magic sticks or like magic wands or something. And whoever is holding the magic wand in the family meeting, they're the ones who are able to speak. I love that. And then just moving the wand around, but just having those those general rules in place before.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And you know what? It's also kind of a re- release valve. I think so many of our kids are holding so much pressure on their shoulders and to know that they have this family meeting, maybe it's once, a, once a month, maybe it's yep. twice a month yep. that where they can just release it all and and for parents too, you know, just to be able to release it all is really, really helpful. How can we help our kids? Cause again, I see them, they're just under so much pressure and they're, you know, trying to make everyone happy and they're trying to be perfect and What are some tools that we can use to help them with all of that too?
1: Well, one, I think obviously having the appropriate coping skills.
0: Mm -hmm. So what does that look like?
1: Oh, there's so many. (laughs) What are like your top, maybe top three go to? Yeah, top three. So um, obviously, you know, there's deep breathing um, and things like that. But um, I actually, one of my favorite activities I like to do with the kids is um, the safe place activity.
0: And basically
1: what they do, I tell them to think of a place Mm -hmm. where you feel so safe, Mm -hmm. so relaxed, just. So at ease. And I want you to think of this place in your brain. Okay. Could be a made up place. Could be a place you've been to. Mm -hmm. So then um, I'll put on some calming music and they'll draw their safe place. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then whenever I do artwork with kids, we always kind of process the artwork afterwards. Okay. And then it goes back to your five senses. What do you hear, see, taste, smell, touch when you're in your safe place? Mm -hmm. So then at nighttime, They're having trouble falling asleep. They can close their eyes and they can picture themselves in their safe place and then go through all those five senses.
0: I love that. And it would be great when you're feeling emotional, you know, if you're a child, even for an adult, but if you're feeling emotional, maybe during puberty, your emotions are heightened, like to have this tool, the deep breathing, you also mentioned journaling. And then to have Mm -hmm. this tool, this safe space that you can go to anytime. I think those are really valuable.
1: Absolutely. Um, Another one I like to do is um, for those who can't fall asleep at night, um, guided meditation. I have a few favorites from YouTube that I like to use. Mm -hmm. Um, So some of my kids have found that to be really beneficial. Um, Mm -hmm. Some others would be um, some grounding activities. Mm -hmm. So one of the ones I use with my little kids when they're just kind of out of sorts, whether it be at school or a party, wherever they are, maybe they think of their favorite color and they look around the room Mm -hmm. and they point out all the things that are that color. And then it kind of brings them back to that, that present, that present
0: time. I love that. Do you see kids having phones in their rooms affecting their sleep at all too? Because I know that this is becoming more and more common. And I, yeah. I read all these things that say, you know, it's bad to have your phone in your room, but yet yes. a lot of us still do it. So is that something that you think affects sleep too? Should our kids be sleeping with their phones?
1: Yeah, I, well, my personal opinion, and I'm not saying like, if anyone does it, it's wrong or anything like yes. that, but this is, I, I do not believe in, in having it in the room. So some of the things, like if they want to do a guided meditation, maybe they do like a 15 minute And Mm then um, when they're done with that, like maybe they tell the parent like, okay, I'm going to do my meditation. Can you come in and grab my phone from my room, please, when I'm done in 15 minutes? Because obviously we don't want them to get up out of their bed when they're relaxed, wake themselves back up, right? So just kind of making that plan of grabbing that phone. Um, I also think it's a good idea to just have like maybe a little basket Mm -hmm. in the house, Mm -hmm. um, where everybody, um, kind of like checks out of their social media time and their phones and just everything goes in the basket at 10 o'clock or something like that.
0: I love that. I think that those are all really great tools to deal with emotions and anxiety and stress. The other thing is too, is it true that there are some levels of anxiety and stress that are completely normal because anxiety has become such a buzzword and stress oh, yeah. becomes such a buzzword. So, so often we think, oh my gosh, my child's feeling discomfort. She must be sheer here. My child must be anxious. So they, there must be something wrong with them. And I, I would love for you to maybe speak on the fact that there is a level that's really healthy of anxiety and stress actually yeah. protect us from that.
1: One hundred percent. So a couple of things that like came to my mind was um, when we feel a little stress Mm -hmm. for a test. Yes. I think that's completely normal. Now, if it's to the point where when you get to the test and your mind goes blank and you can't remember anything, that's when I think it it turns to anxiety. But I think a certain level of stress, helps us perform better, right? I actually this is so funny. Um I don't know who it, who it is. It, it was a musician mm-hmm. and they said that the day that they stop feeling nervous mm-hmm. before they perform mm-hmm. is the day that they should be
0: worried. Wow. Yeah.
1: Isn't There's that so, interesting?
0: It is really interesting, but I can tell you even as an adult, I suffer from anxiety too. And I think it was undiagnosed when I was younger and then it just progressively maybe got worse or maybe I just became more aware of it. But this word anxiety was such a buzzword. And and then I was under the impression that if I felt anxious at all, I was failing or something was wrong with me and I needed to get rid of all of it or else I still was not at a good place, if that makes sense. And it wasn't until, I don't know, probably like six years ago, a doctor said to me, no, no, no you want to feel anxious and you actually want to feel stressed to a certain degree. Like that's normal. It is. You never
1: want it all to go away. Exactly. Because you are going to perform better yes. if, if you have that little bit of, of nervousness and worry. Right. Like, I mean, think about when, um, <laughs> like when I was younger, I was in palms. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. I were to go to a competition and not be nervous, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that would be, I don't know, it, it, it's odd, you know, <laughs> like it's yes. normal to get the butterflies. It's normal to get the butterflies before you perform for cheer, before you go out for a football game or, you know, you perform in band Yeah, and that's okay. Yes. Now, if it's to the point where, you know, you're vomiting, you're dizzy, that's a little bit different.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love that there are tools that you said, You know, so many of us never learn this stuff. This stuff should be mandatory education to learn how to self-soothe. Every one of us as an adult should know how to self-soothe and our go-tos and every child should know their go-tos and how to self-soothe too. So I love that you pointed some out there. And again, I would encourage everybody to get curious for themselves and for their children. There is so much information out there on the internet, on YouTube, how you were saying there's meditations, there's so much out there. And again, there's no shame around this, right? These are normal things in life. Everybody can and should know how to self-soothe. Absolutely. I
1: agree. And and I think there are, there are so many resources out there, right? Like if, if you go on Amazon and you look up books for children with anxiety, I, I'm a huge, I love using like bibliotherapy. So the use of books and therapy okay. um, with kids and it just, I don't know, it really, really helps them understand. And then it it produces this conversation that you can have. After you read that book together.
0: Yes. And just because they are feeling anxious or they're stressed doesn't mean that they're not going to be, or they aren't happy and confident kids too. Mm -hmm. You, you aren't going to be happy 24 seven, right? And that's another thing that I see too is, and I know even in our house, sometimes our kids are having a bad day and I think what's wrong, what is happening? How can I fix it? And instead I've been trying to take a step back and thinking this is normal. Everybody has a bad day nobody's happy 24 seven. So I shouldn't expect myself to be happy 24 seven or my kids to be happy 24 seven.
1: I mean, if, if you were happy 24 seven, I would think there's something going on. There's something that this person is masking. There's something that they're internalizing. They're not bringing it out. Something's going on here.
0: That's a really good point. Even for kids, you know, because a lot of times kids get to a place where they do. They just are being happy all the time. They're being perfect all the time because they don't want to upset mom and dad. And it's a, it's really interesting that you pointed that out, that that's actually a warning sign when they are happy all the time, all the time. So how can we, though, best raise happy and confident kids? Like if you had like one tip that you would okay. love to see parents doing, because I think that's everybody's goal, right? They want their kids yes. to be happy and they want them to be confident.
1: So. Something that I learned years ago, um, I used to actually run a parenting group and we use, um, this parents handbook. It's called systematic training for effective parenting. Okay. And one of the things that I learned in this book was that it, there's a difference between praise mm-hmm. and encouragement. Mm. We want to encourage our kids. Right now don't get me wrong. There's times when you're going to praise your kid. Like if they, you know, hit a home run, great job, great job. Like you're not going to sit there and be like, oh, I really like how you hit that ball. Right. It's just like, yeah, you're going to use praise yeah. in, in yeah. some cases. Right. But praise is more of a reward. Um, and then sometimes it teaches kids to please others. So praise, wow. like an example of praise would be, you're such a good kid you're the best. Your project was the best because then they feel if you don't say it, Mm. the what? my project wasn't the best.
0: Mm. That's really interesting. I'm laughing Kelly, because I say that to my kids. I'll be like, you're such a good kid. No. And and I'm not saying it's wrong,
1: but it was Uh, just like something that like, I realized I was like, Oh wow. Like, I do that, and yes. then it made me just think of like, okay, so what if I don't say he had the best project? Is he thinking in his head, well, why, why didn't my mom say I had the best project? What did I do wrong? Right. And so it's what like, what would creating- we say
0: instead? What would we say instead if they did a good job on their project? What is an encouraging thing to say instead mm-hmm. of a praising thing to say? So, okay, with
1: encouragement, encouragement is more of a gift. Right. So I think one of the things that you can always do is say, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that you did that for me and acknowledging it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, or saying something like, wow, you seem so proud of yourself. Okay. Right. Yes. Um, and then like, even with like, let's say, um, an art project, mm-hmm. um, typically when kids do art in my room, I don't say, Oh yeah. Yeah. This is the best. I mean, this is great. Like usually I'll say like, wow, I really like how you use that color there. And then I see that you blended. So it's like, I'm acknowledging what they're doing, but I'm not saying that they're the best because I don't want them to think that everybody has to tell them they're the best. And then they have to please everybody.
0: Yes. yes, Like, yes.
1: And there are going to be times, I mean, yeah, I said it, you know, I'm so proud of you, but maybe instead saying something like, you know, you should be so proud of yourself. Look at that. Look at what you did. Yes. Yes. So I know it's, I know it's tiny, but it's just something that, um, that I really learned. And then I also learned that, um, there are misbehaviors. Cause I think sometimes we give a lot of attention to misbehaviors and we don't point out the positive behaviors. I know I've been guilty yes. of it.
0: Yes. Um, yes.
1: So I try to be more aware of pointing out the positive and not constantly nagging on the negative.
0: I love that. I find myself doing that. Sometimes I'll find myself being such a nag. You yeah. Know? And I feel like it is a really great reminder to also point out the positive things instead of always things that they can improve on or things that they, you know, mistakes that they made to make a concerted effort. Maybe it's every day to point out five positive things that they did that day to kind of counterbalance it. And it reminds me of the journaling that you said, right? Don't just focus on the bad, focus on the good too, to just kind of have it be more balanced. I think that that's really great. And Um, then just
1: like them looking at the journal, like, wow, I did that. Like I I accomplished all of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that that's good. I did want to ask you about the bigger topics of how is the best way to talk to our kids about drugs, drinking, sex, sexting and <laughs> pornography, right? Because yeah. what I've read is that statistically it said 40% of our kids will be exposed to sexting. And they also, this is quite common now where they're sending nude pictures of themselves to each other, which as I say it, I cringe and I want to like run out screaming because it really just, oh, it's awful to even think about. But I think for parents to understand that this is unfortunately a common way that kids are communicating with each other. So I'd love for us to get into that a little bit. And also, you know, I read a statistic that most kids will come across pornography on the internet by age 11. So yeah. if we could kind of talk about all of those things and your best advice for all of that, because those are all kind of taboo topics. And I think a lot of us think to ourselves, well, you know what? If I just don't talk about it, maybe it won't happen.
1: That nah, is so not true.
0: <laughs> yes, yes.
1: <laughs> right. Um, I think having these conversations with kids at appropriate times, okay. right? Um I think open communication is very important with that. And I know it can be very uncomfortable, not only for the child, but for the parent too. Yes. Um, but, and the whole thing with that, that kind of scares me with the pornography that they're watching, this isn't necessarily showing you what a healthy relationship looks like. This is not what relationships are. Yes. Okay, so we, we can't base that off of those videos, yes. right? Yes. Um. Another thing I like to say- to my kiddos is, okay, you send out a text, you send out a nude. Would you send that to your parent? Yes. And if the answer is no, I don't think we should do that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's, It's almost like that, that like, I like to use like that stop and think technique. Like, let's stop for a second. Let's yes. think about this because we can be impulsive, right? We can get excited and, oh, okay, I'm going to do this, right? And I think sometimes, uh, especially, you know, um, girls, they feel like, oh, well, you know, he really wants me to send this nude and, and this is going to make him really like me. And then it goes back to self-esteem, right? Right. Um, but no, 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 no. <laughs> you should not have to do that. To have someone like you. And another thing I try to remind them is once something is on the internet, yes. it is on there forever. People can screenshot, it yes. can get to the whole school. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Think yes. about those consequences. And this all go back, it this all goes back to like that prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed until you know mid-20s, right? We we don't necessarily think like oh yeah, maybe this can happen. We're not thinking about those consequences. So I think um, giving them education on what could happen if you do these things.
0: I love that. Just having the conversation with them and giving them the knowledge so then they can make educated decisions. So what about, because I think a big factor in this too is peer pressure. So like everybody's doing it, right? Everybody's doing the drinking. Everybody's doing the drugs. Everybody's doing the sexting. Everybody's doing it. And having sex. So, how do we buffer with the peer pressure? How do we support our kids at home to continue to make you know good decisions, to continue to be themselves? All of yeah. that.
1: I think that also falls back on the the self esteem and just always us as parents just encouraging them and building them up throughout their life. So, and teaching them how to be assertive. So, if someone comes up to you and You know, you know that you don't want to do drugs and you don't want to drink, but they're pressuring you being able to practice and say, no, I'm good.
0: Mm -hmm. You know,
1: I I don't want to do that.
0: I love that. You know, it goes back to the role-playing that you were saying, yes, because it takes a lot of the fear out of it. And also because sometimes, again, I know even myself and I'm what, almost 44 years old. My default is yes. You know, if I don't Mm -hmm. think something through and someone asks me something, They asked me to go do something. They asked me to, whatever it is, my default is yes. So I love the idea of role-playing to say, you may be in this certain circumstance. Let's practice what you would say. Or if you don't want to practice with me, let's think about what you would say. Yeah. Because it's very common. And the other thing I would love to point out too is we are living in this like serious cancel culture where kids are making mistakes and they are branded as awful kids. They are ostracized. And I would love to highlight and I would love to see a change in this because I think that kids are going to make mistakes. There. And I think as parents, we all can maybe take a step back and be a little more kind and compassionate and say, okay, this was a mistake. This doesn't, this was a bad decision. Uh It doesn't make them a bad kid to be black forever.
1: I love that. And that's something I like to really point out is okay, you made a bad decision. This doesn't make you a bad person. So, yes. and I find, I used to find myself with um, working with kids um, that were exposed to domestic violence. It's okay. Like if the father is the perpetrator, it's okay to still love your father. Dad just made bad choices. Yes. And we're we're all going to make bad choices. Another question I like to ask is what did you learn from this experience Yeah. what do you think, what do you think you would do differently next time?
0: I love that. Those are really great exercises and two really great questions that we can carry with us as adults and also for our kids, because then they realize that it's not set in stone and that they can learn a lesson from that. And again, you're empowering them that, you know, you are still a good kid. You just made a poor decision and- it's okay
1: because okay. we're going to learn
0: something from this and we're going to move on from it.
1: We all screw up. Yep. Right. Yep. <laughs> We've all been there. We've all looked back and like, oh man, why did I do that? And you yes. learn. That's it. Yes.
0: And I think to keep that perspective with our kids too, none of them are going to be perfect. All of them are going to make mistakes. All of them are going to screw up and do things that we wish that they wouldn't do, but it's all part of it. I know when I was younger, I did things looking back, I wish I hadn't done. I know. Yeah. So agreed just to keep that perspective. Um, Okay. I am going to ask you a few more questions because I know we're close on time and then we'll be good to go. Cool. So what is your favorite book? If you had to (laughs) recommend a book, like what's your favorite book?
1: Okay. So I have a couple, Mm -hmm. my all time favorite book, and this is just like entertainment wise, right? Yeah. I love the great Gatsby.
0: (laughs) I love that too. I love
1: it too. It's it's one of my favorites since high school. It's been one of my favorites and it's just something that has not left me. Um my guilty pleasure, I also love true crime. Yes. Anything anything to do with um, you know, true crime, forensics, psychology and and things like that. Um I also um a couple I actually read uh quite a bit ago The Macho Paradox by Jackson Katz. And it speaks a lot about um, gender violence. And Jackson Katz really works to um, promote gender equality. And he actually is, uh, he's a co-founder of a, a really no, a well-known um, violence prevention program. And I actually got to see him speak in person, which was phenomenal. Um, wow. he, he also made a video about toxic masculinity, um, which was very interesting. So I really like his work.
0: We could have a whole nother podcast on toxic masculinity and about how we are, you know, we tell our boys not to cry and we tell them not to be emotional. And again, that's also causing all of this host of issues for our boys too. Maybe, maybe you can come back and we'll talk about that too, because that's a huge thing that's happening in our culture too.
1: It is, it is. And it teaches boys to internalize their emotions. And when you internalize your emotions, then that's when we lead to depression.
0: Yes, yes, yes. absolutely. You got to get that stuff out. Yep. Um. What's your favorite feel good song?
1: Oh my gosh. So (laughs) I am obsessed and I've always been obsessed since the eighties with Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody.
0: I love Whitney Houston. (laughs) I love that song too. So good.
1: I'm just like, (laughs) oh my gosh. I just, I love her. And I also love Lady Gaga.
0: Like she's awesome. Me too. What does it mean to be a good mom to you?
1: What does it mean to be a good mom to me? Um, one, I think listening to my child,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: Mm-hmm. When he comes home, asking him questions about his day. Mm-hmm. Tell me two things that you learned at school today, mm-hmm. right? And, and another thing is I like asking more open Ended closed, uh open-ended questions versus closed instead of oh how was school today, fine, eh, okay, move on, right? Yes, yes, so those open-ended questions. I love that. Yeah. What's the best advice you've ever got? There's no such thing as perfect. You oh. don't have to be perfect. I love right? that right. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes as moms, we feel we have to be perfect. Yes. And we feel like we have to say yes to every birthday party, every event, every, everything. Yes. Right. And it is okay
0: to say no. I love that. Um, if you could go back and tell sweet nine-year-old Kelly, one thing, what would you tell her? This,
1: this is going back to the per perfectionism. Um, as a child, I always strived for perfection. Um, mm-hmm. straight A's, if I get a B, oh my gosh, this is awful. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I, I had to get this in my brain that nobody is perfect. Mm-hmm. You try your best. If you did the best that you could do, that's all you can do.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Like I, I, wish I could have told myself, don't be so hard on yourself. Mm -hmm. Like it's okay. It's okay to mess up.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really beautiful. I want to thank you for your time today. I know that you're really busy. I want to thank you for sharing your wealth of knowledge with us. I think it's really amazing. And I also want to thank you for all of the incredible work that you're doing You know, to think about that you were this little girl who struggled with anxiety, and now you are helping so many children handle their anxiety Mm -hmm. is really beautiful. And it's something that you should be really, really proud of yourself for.
1: Thank you. You're welcome. And I appreciate you having me on and just giving me the opportunity to talk about mental health and kids and, and all the things that are going on today, because it's, it's rough, you know, it is. It it's is. not easy. It's not easy being a child.
0: Yeah. You know what? It's just not easy, right? It's not easy being a child. It's not easy being a mom. It's not easy nope. being an adult. And I think to give ourselves all grace and to give ourselves all kindness and compassion can go a long way sometimes.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Absolutely. How amazing is Kelly? Again, I just really want to thank her for taking time out and sharing so much with us. I really, really appreciate it. I'm going to put a link in the show notes where you can connect with her. It has the link of where you can find her, you can email her, you can connect with her amazing business and all of the services that they provide. It's a really, really great place and they're doing really great things. If you are a parent and you need extra support, they have people that do that Your child, if your child needs extra support, they also provide those services too. So check it out. The link is in the show notes to get in contact with Kelly and her office. Here are my biggest takeaways from this episode. Number one, we each have stressors in life. It's completely normal. But also, we each should have coping tools to deal with those stressors in life. And our kids should too. I love the exercises that she shared with us. She shared the safe place exercise that we can use ourselves and also we can teach our kids. What do you hear? What do you see? What do you smell? What do you touch in a safe space that makes you feel safe and makes you feel happy? It's something you can go back to and your kids can go back to anytime they're feeling stressed out, to move through bigger emotions, to move through stress, anxiety, when they're feeling nervous. I also love that she shared the box breathing technique. I know that I use this in coaching kids and I also use it in coaching moms in business too. It's an amazing tool that can really help us move through emotions, stress, anger, feeling frustrated, irritated, and just as a mom in general, it's a great tool to have in our toolbox. But I think the most important thing here is to just get curious. Different things work for different people and get curious about what works for you and get curious about what works for your kids and start developing those tools in your coping toolbox. Number two Some anxiety and stress are completely normal and healthy. It's not all bad. It's okay for them and it's okay for us to feel and move through discomfort. A certain level of stress and a certain level of anxiety actually helps us grow and perform our best. Number three, and this is a big one, nobody's happy 24-7. Regardless what we see on social media, nobody's happy 24-7. Don't put that pressure on yourself as a mom. And don't put it on your kids number four the number one tool for happy and confident kids is to focus on encouraging them versus always praising them which i know i'm guilty of this because then they can end up feeling insecure when they don't get that constant validation from others and the other thing is when they're always seeking validation outside of themselves which can lead to perfectionism And also it can lead to people pleasing, both of which are really, really heavy burdens for our kids to carry. I know for the longest time, I really struggled with both of these things too. So if there are these things that I can do to help my kids not struggle with these things, I'm gonna be doing them for sure. Next, sometimes we can fall into nagging our kids a lot. Aim for pointing out at least five positive things that they're doing. To counterbalance the nagging, number six, have the uncomfortable conversations with your kids to provide them with the truth about what healthy relationships are. Drugs, texting, nude photos. Let them know they can always say no. They always have choices. Talk to them about peer pressure. Have age-appropriate conversations with them about these things. They're a part of their lives and let them know that they're going to make mistakes and that's okay. The important thing is you will always be there. Maybe even role play with them and have them practice saying no in stressful situations or in situations where peer pressure will be present and let them know it's always okay to say no if they're not comfortable with something. Number seven, remember, no kid is perfect. Bad decisions don't make kids bad kids. We all make bad decisions. None of us are perfect. And what is important is to focus on how we've learned and how we've grown. I want to thank you guys for being here. I really, really appreciate you listening to these episodes. I appreciate you sharing these episodes on your social media and with your friends. I appreciate all of the positive comments. The text messages you've sent to me, the emails you've sent to me, the messages on Instagram that you've sent to me about how you've been listening to this podcast and how you love it so much. It honestly just like makes my day when I get those messages. And I really, really appreciate it. And I really appreciate you. I know there are so many things that you guys could be doing with your time and the fact that you've listened and that you do listen to the podcast, it really, really means so much to me. We are going to be back next week with a really, really great episode that I don't want you to miss. So be sure to follow the show. Also, if you do love the podcast, if you could write a review for the podcast, it would really be amazing. It helps us grow this community of moms and it's turning into something really, really beautiful. And I'm really, really glad you're a part of it.